You're listening to Passion Pod number 40 with Charlotte Reed from May the Thoughts Be With You. So Charlotte, may the thoughts be with you. Um, I'm glad that you've like let me come and chat to you because I stalked you on Twitter, so I'm quite impressed that I've even made it this far. <laughs> um, so if you had to sum up what your business is, um, so like if you were to describe it, if you were at a dinner party and someone's like, yeah. so what do you do? That vile question that makes you want to be sick in your shoes. Yeah. Um, or not anymore. Um, what would you say? Well, I basically uh, create my own positive thoughts and I illustrate them with little friendly cartoon drawings. Uh, because I believe that everybody needs some kind of like positive inspiration each day but what's out there at the moment is sort of nice pictures of waterfalls or hills or things like that and I just thought it was a bit sort of twee and a bit old-fashioned and I wanted to make it a bit more modern so that's why I thought bringing a bit of humour into it would make it a bit more light-hearted and reach sort of more people that way I think that um, I don't like to use the word spiritual I mean they are kind of spiritual and they come from a sort of very spiritual place in, in me and you know th- this kind of stuff can put people off because they think oh no it's a bit too um, but what by using the word spiritual do you yeah, think? yeah I know it's a hard airy, fairy and a bit sort of you need to like invent a word yeah you yeah. need to invent a word that encapsulates well positive yeah just positive and I just thought mixing it with a bit of humour and these nice little sort of cartoon drawings would actually you know make people much more interested in in sort of reading it that's such a cool idea i just love it it's like so up our street obviously you've had these thoughts have you had them forever or how does it turn into a business good question well i suppose it all started because about four or five years ago i was going through a very rough time and i actually thought what can i do to help myself feel a bit better so i actually started thinking up little positive thoughts to tell myself and I started to actually post these as my Facebook status update instead of actually, you know, what I have for breakfast that morning, you know, that kind of usual thing. I thought I'd write something a bit more meaningful. And then quite quickly, all my Facebook friends started to say, oh, these are really good thoughts. Like, why don't you turn them into a book and all this kind of stuff? And I was like, absolutely not. No way. I had no confidence to do that. <laughs> it's like, please don't make me. They're yeah, just me. Exactly. And... It was just really interesting how life suddenly started to communicate with me because a few years later, I was working as a a legal secretary at the time and I just started to get this terrible condition called repetitive strain injury, which I ignored for like a year, carried on working through the pain. And it got so bad that it actually um, affected my central nervous system. Wow, that sounds painful. It was so painful. So I was in pain throughout my whole body. And during that time of trying to get better, I started to realise, oh my God, I'm going to have to change my entire life if I'm ever going to feel okay again. So that's when I had the idea, right, I've got to venture out and do something completely different that will actually be in line with being healthy as well. And um, that's when I decided to to do this book. But it's basically, it was kind of, it was founded on the sort of seed was already there in a big way. So you say you were doing those statuses for, for a long years. time yeah. before. Yeah. So it's almost like staring you in the face without sort of realising yeah, a bit. Yeah, totally. I mean, and it was interesting how so many people would say, you know, you've got to turn these thoughts into a book. And I'd just like laugh it off and think, what the hell are they talking about? Like, they're just these little thoughts that I'm writing down. But yeah, it was almost like everything was pushing me towards that and it was actually the illness that forced me to actually change my life and do you know what I did this book because I couldn't really think of anything else I could do and (laughs) (laughs) dun 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 but that's so brilliant it's so encouraging to hear that I think it was sort of like a lot of different very slow yeah Yeah. process 
And, and I'm quite glad it happened like that because I think if it had just suddenly gone from one extreme to the other, I, I wouldn't have been able to cope. It had to be a nice, gradual lead me into it because doing something creative and putting yourself out there is absolutely terrifying. And I think you need that kind of almost like lead up to it and a bit of like preparation. When you made the decision to do it though, how did that process sort of then go on into becoming the reality that it is now? Well, basically when I'd had that realisation that I needed to do a book, I made that decision to resign because I was still on work sick pay. How did you feel after you made the decision to resign? Really scared. You know, you always think that when you've made these big, bold moves in life that it's going to feel like amazing and part of it did but I'd say I was 25% feeling great 75% in fear but that only lasted for about two days and then as soon as I started drawing and I was like oh my god my whole future just opened up yeah so and now look at it look at it it's right here this is yours it makes me so excited so you've got a book yeah how did you go about getting that published and stuff because that is a really hard I, well, I've heard it's a really yeah. hard process, that. So, basically, I did all these rough sketches, and I got a little proof copy made. I wanted to have the book as, like, a finished document, rather than me just talking about the idea. And I sent it around quite a few publishers, and, you know, big publishers, and they were all really lo- lovely, and they said, you know, it's a great idea, but they had the reservation of the fact that they didn't know who I was. I was a completely unknown person writing positive thoughts. So Quite encouraging to get that feedback, though, in the sense yeah. that they were positive about yeah, it. Yeah, really positive, and they were very sort of nice. You know, you, you always think people are going to be really scary when you ring them up, but they're not. They're really lovely. They're just people at the end of the day. They're just, just like you and me doing a job. And so they gave me the confidence that, OK, I have got a good book. It's just that they don't necessarily want to publish it, but that doesn't mean I can't do it another way. And they gave me an idea because they basically, one of the publishers I contacted said, look, if you can sell a thousand copies on your own, then any publisher in the UK would be interested in you. Wow, that's a good bit of knowledge to know, yeah. isn't it? And I just thought, a thousand copies? That doesn't sound like that many, actually. God, I'm going to self-publish my book and see how many I can sell on my own. Red rags are bull. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So I rang up a few printers that did short runs and I had, I think it was, it was 200 books delivered at first, thought I'll see how I go. And they just kind of went to like friends and family and I was like, oh, I've sold the 200 books already. It's like really great. And then I just ordered another 200 and it, it just kept going like that. And then I started being brave and actually going into little independent gift shops and seeing if they were interested in taking a few copies. And it turns out every shop that I went into pretty much said yes. Well, in fact, they said no at first. So I had this sort of little um, sales pitch. So I went in with like my rucksack full of books. and <laughs> love it. It's like DIY self-empire here. Yeah, Good exactly. on you. So I went round and I'd say, oh, hello, my name's Charlotte. I've got this book. And I wondered if you'd like to maybe take a few copies, sale or return, so there's no risk to you. And they were all like, no, no, I don't think so. Sorry, it's not for us. And then I'd actually sort of get the book out and show them and then say, you know, a shop down the road has sold 10 copies this week, which was all true. And they were like, oh, okay, yeah, let's take like 10 copies then. And it just all kind of went from there. And it was brilliant because it gave me the confidence, like once I'd done one or two shops, to actually approach other ones. And And the belief in your product, that's, again, that's the reaffirming of... There was actually shops that were prepared to 
buy my product and I couldn't quite believe it but and <laughs> someone's going to come and tap you on the shoulder and be like come on now sweetheart out you go <laughs> exactly and at first I thought oh maybe they're just buying it to be kind or something and I thought no shops do not buy something unless they can sell it and want to make money out of it so that was all working very well but I realized that obviously when you sell a book onto a shop what you can sell it onto the shop at doesn't make you much profit at all so I thought right I've also got to find another way to sell this book as well so I tried a few different things but then I realized if you're going to make a business succeed I think you have to totally just throw yourself in at the deep end and at some point you've got to just focus purely on the business without doing any other things on the side so I just took myself down to Portobello Road Market and spoke to one of the traders there and I said look how do you get a stall and they gave me a phone number and I rang them up and I said I mean I was so nervous because I'd never done a market stall either but I just said oh hi I'd like to sell my book on a market stall and they said yeah you can come tomorrow at 20 quid I was like what? I couldn't believe it. It was like... So accessible. So Surprisingly accessible. accessible. Yeah. And you always think these things are going to be a lot more scary than... Well, they feel scary, but the actual reality is they're not that scary. And I suddenly came home and I was like, oh, I've got to do a market stall tomorrow. Suddenly, like, <laughs> frantically trying to create, like, other things that I could sell on this stall. And I love it. It's like, oh, God, they actually said yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've got to actually do this now. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, the first day of being there, like, trying to sell my book was just really scary. But, you know, I made quite good money. And, um, you know, you pay £20 for your stall rent and the rest is yours to keep. And, uh, you know... Bob's your uncle, really. It's great. It's amazing. It makes me want to go and buy a book and sell it. Yeah. It's so doable. Yeah. One thing that, um, yeah, from that, that I'd really like to chat to you about, though, is yeah. how you make it work financially initially. Because obviously when one starts a business, that's the difficult thing. And as you say, that fine line between how long do I box and cox with my money-making things. And yeah. Just talk me through the process of how you approach that and if you've got any sort of tips on that. Well, I had, I had a bit of savings. So I used my savings initially to do the first run of books. And when I resigned from my job, obviously I wasn't um, getting any sick pay anymore. So I, I got a, like a part-time job, which paid quite well, actually, considering it was like part-time work. And I did that. But then the part-time work kind of started to dry up. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, what am I going to do? And it was only then that it actually occurred to me, I've got to find a way to make my business make money for me all the time to actually live off. And hence the stall, I guess, because it's more like direct straight to you. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, I now do other things on the stall, like these um, prints. Uh, yeah, these are amazing. So yeah. let me have a look. I'm going to have a look at these. I'm going to creak around. So you basically, have, are these ones that are in the book? Yeah, or they... they're all in the book. And I just enlarged them because the book's A5 size and I enlarged these to A4 and then mounted them. Um, off the back of the book, uh, I managed to get the book stocked in a chain gift shop. And they asked me to produce a range of greeting cards so I produce these cards, so they're trialling them at the moment, but I'm also selling them on my stall as well. It must be hard being positive all the time. Tell me what challenges you've had in the journey so far. Um, well, there's definitely days on the market stall where I barely sell anything and I feel like, oh my God, this isn't working, I- I'm a failure, it's all useless. What do you then do? Uh, <laughs> Large glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't really drink anymore. I had to give up <gasps> drinking because of the illness. But um, I let myself think those thoughts because they're just thoughts. So rather than try and resist them, I let them come in. And like, for instance, today, I sat on my stall till about two o'clock from nine o'clock and I didn't sell a single thing. And I was like, oh God, it's going to be my first day where I sell nothing at all for the whole day. And then I just said to myself, okay, well, if that's the case, then that's what it'll be. 
and that's fine. And then as soon as I had that thought, somebody came and bought something. So if you have a really bad day, none of this stuff matters. And there is no such thing as a bad day. There's just a day and it's got an outcome. So it's almost like accepting something is a way to kind of like deal with it. It's Yeah, absolutely. And I just, it makes me smile hearing you say that because of all the entrepreneurs and startups and passion pursuers that I speak to, you're in such a great position because your business is focused around encouragement and being positive yeah. it's like the perfect business for an entrepreneur yeah because like anytime you're in doubt just read one of my little notes here's yeah. one I prepared earlier yeah exactly. or one of the reasons that I got in touch with you actually was this amazing story about this person who popped into your store yes. I'll let you tell the story but yeah. that is the sort of thing that spices up a day tell, oh, tell yeah. me a bit about that oh god I mean it was just crazy I mean, I mean it's like a film and it actually felt like a movie scene uh, out of nowhere these Rolls Royces all turn up and out jump all these like bodyguards, security guards, all these people with earpieces. And my first thought was, oh my God, it's Simon Cowell. That's amazing. (laughs) The biggest VIP ever. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then out gets this lovely, sweet old man. And I mean, and nobody knew who he was. We all realised he was obviously quite, you know, well-known or famous or something. I love you sort of looking at everyone else being like, do you know, is it me being, no, do you know? (laughs) Nobody knew. (laughs) Everyone was watching him to see what he was going to do. And he kind of just walked off to another stall but a lot of his bodyguards came over to my stall and were looking at it so I introduced myself and I said hello I'm Charlotte um I'm a local artist and and this is a book I've written and I think it was the word local artist they were oh come 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 and they sort of like waving to this old man to come over and then this old man came to the stall and he didn't really speak much English but he was like flicking through my book and it kept sort of smiling and and then uh, he said um okay, I, I take signed copy, please. And I was like, okay, fantastic. And by this point, there was loads of people around the store. And there was all these photographers because he'd brought like lots of photographers with him, like photo journalists. You must have thought someone was playing punk or something like that. Yeah. Like... So I, I got the book and I was about to sign it and all these cameras were going click, 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 click. And I said, um, who should I sign it to? What's your name? And this little old man just looked at me and smiled and like laughed. And I said, no, really, what's your name? And then the bodyguard whispered to me. He said, please sign the book to the king of Malaysia. I mean, it's not real. This doesn't happen in real life. You must have just been like walking home being like, I think I've just slipped into someone else's body. Uh, Yeah, it was really strange. The king of Malaysia. (laughs) And it was so funny because I was so nervous that my pen was like shaking and the thought in my head was, Oh my God, how do you spell Malaysia? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I know how to spell Malaysia, but when you put on the spot, you're like, I can't make a mistake here. This is really important. It's like, oh, have I got a good pen? Where's my good, I don't want my big biro for this kind of work. (laughs) Exactly. That is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was a massive highlight and I just thought, wow, I mean... It was literally like a king buying from an impoverished artist. I mean, that is just like a, a movie script. Yeah, you couldn't write it. No. You actually couldn't write it. Exactly. <laughs> if you were to start out again, Charlotte, if you were to give yourself advice, what advice would you give yourself? Um, well, if I'd known then what I know now, it would definitely be have the confidence, don't have as much fear, totally trust that it's going to be okay like do all the hard work but then trust it it will work out and enjoy it as well it's so important to enjoy the actual journey because I think a lot of people have this goal in mind and they're like right got to get to the end but you don't want to get to the finish line and then suddenly realize oh I haven't enjoyed the whole process of getting here so definitely enjoy each step and take small steps and every time you feel fear the fear is actually just not in proportion to the actual thing that you're trying to do so 
recognize that there's fear but just do it anyway because that's how you have to sort of move forward just keep pushing through those sort of boundaries and the obstacles because it's so worth it and you know you don't want to get later down the track and think why didn't I do that and you know don't leave it as long as I did and don't wait for some horrible illness to like force you into doing it if you have the idea then just give it a shot you can start it in the evenings the weekends and then build it up to a point where you could actually leave your full-time job to do it full-time so just just go for it you've got nothing to lose you've been listening to passion pod number 40 with charlotte reed from may the thoughts be with you 